Welcome to the Greyhound Girl podcast with your host, Dimity Ma. Proudly brought to you by Greyhound Performance Products. You can find them on Facebook or visit their website at greyhoundpp.com.au. We hope that you enjoy this episode and thanks to everyone for your support in promoting our wonderful industry. I wanted to start off by asking you about, I, I saw your Facebook post the other day, Is it about? was it about mitigations return to the racetrack and, and all the problems that he had? Yeah, definitely. Um, he's, a, he's a lovely dog, a bit of a larrikin as you'd probably call him. He's uh, pretty full on and um, we actually purchased him off Cal Greenow probably about 12 months ago. And, oh, um, right. Yeah, and he said to he he said Steve, this dog's probably a bit better than Buster, and we sort of ran second in the Perth Cup and had a great run with Buster. And uh, anyway, the poor bugger, he, um, he ended up with two fractured hocks, and um, so we finally got them um, got them right, and he got back on track. And then I've never had in all the years I've been in dogs, he, he broke his nose. And um, God, how, how do you actually a greyhound break your nose? Like he was just. <laughs> so uh, anyway, the vet came out and um, Crystal had had a look at it and she said, look, it's definitely broken. You probably want to get in to look at that. So the vet goes, oh, well, look, it is definitely broken, but we may as well x-ray it while we're there. So yep. he x-rayed it and he goes, yep, it's got a crack in two places. He goes, but you might want to just keep an eye on this. It looks like there's a, a tooth that hasn't come through in his gum. So um, anyway, um, so his nose, we had him on the Tavardi for, the, um, yep. for his hock injuries. And so we gave him some more Tavardi for, for his nose to help that heal up. Yep. And probably six or eight weeks went by and um, the dog just was never looking 100% right and his nose kept bleeding and on and off oh. all the time. And um, we give them bones religiously every uh, Sunday. They get a nice marrow bone each. And yep. um, for a couple of weeks in a row, he wasn't eating it. And I thought, geez, that's a bit strange. And so I got the vet back out to have a look at it and he goes, look, he goes, um, yeah, look, it hasn't come through. The tooth hasn't come through or anything, but I'd probably suggest you go and get that pulled out because um, obviously being a tooth that's encapsulated in his gum, well, the poor bugger, when they pulled it open, it had actually gone septic and had eaten part of his jawbone away and um, nobody, like, knew at all um, how bad it was. Not even the vet said she's never seen anything like it. And she goes, look, you'll probably never race again, this dog. And yeah. um Anyway, um, I said, well, look, we'll just try our best, and we nursed him back to health, and Callum and that helped out, and, um, yeah, it's been a, a long journey back, so he's finally got back. He's still got a little hole there, which probably will never heal up, but, um, yeah, yeah he's, he's been jumping out of his skin for probably the last four or five weeks and been trialling sensational, and, um, yeah, and that was the culmination of uh, all the hard work on um, on Tuesday night, so it was a pretty emotional win for, yeah. for everyone to see what he'd come through, and he's... Like animals can't talk to you, unfortunately. So he's um, he couldn't tell us that he had a, a rotten toothache, and you could just only imagine the the poor headaches that the dog yeah, would have had. That's right. So wow. um, yeah, he's he settled down a little bit, but he is still pretty full on, and he's he's not a great kennel dog, but we call him <laughs> the lovable larrikin now. We actually got a bit of a soft spot for him. So, but um, yeah, to give him his ice cream and his burger after he won, I think we sort of all had a bit of a tear in our eye. Like it's uh, yeah, yeah. It's sort of a, a bit of an achievement for everyone and the dog himself to sort of be off that long and, uh, yeah, come back. It's been yeah, really good. Yeah, well, you know, I was just looking at his, um, you know, his previous race was at the start of June and then obviously this one was only a couple of days ago. And, you know, to come out and run 22.62 and win by five and a half, like, you know, obviously, you know, you would have been happy just to see him get around, but to come out and do that must have just blew you away. 
Yeah, look, he's always shown a fair bit of ability, um, and, and but he never sort of got to that next level um, that we're expecting. And obviously, he couldn't tell us that the, he had was running around with a headache. So, um, yeah, he's probably thinking, you bloody clowns, like I wish you to fix that up earlier. <laughs> uh, he's, a, he's a big boy too, 35 and a half kilos. So, he, um, yeah, when he's not going good on the tooth, pardon the pun, you must have knew something was up. Yeah, definitely, definitely. No, he's a big boy and he was always difficult to get um, weight on and get him like all our dogs look like show dogs. They've got beautiful coats and I could <laughs> never get his coat right. He was driving me mad, to be truthful. And, uh, yeah. yeah, now that that's the tooth out, he's actually blossomed and, uh, yeah, he's looking really good. So. No, that's amazing. And just going back to when you were saying that you were treating his um – his hock injuries and then his nose with Tavardi, like honestly, and you know, I've, you only got to look at McCooley's lad, who I think needs to be the poster boy for for Tavardi and Zulu Warlord. About you know, they their careers were pretty much, you know, either over or hanging by a thread. How did you find? Um, yeah, obviously it worked, but how good is it? It's just amazing stuff. Oh, it's, it, it's amazing, yeah. Well, the dog had kept having hot problems, and then the vet said, oh, there was nothing wrong with it. And in the end, I got him to x-ray, and he said there was cracks in it. And I thought, oh, well, there you go. Well, right, should have sort of went by your own gut. And um, Cal was actually telling me about the product because I think he'd um, spoke to Anthony back in Melbourne, and he just started using it at the time. Yep. And, um, yeah, so we were sort of one of the first group that I think um, – might have used it and um yeah within six or eight weeks the dog was like concrete again and um he touched wood he hasn't had a problem again yeah. on it so oh, that's, that's really amazing. good and, he, and it and his nose has healed up really good so we've kept him but well, we kept him on it and um and hopefully that's helped him heal the the jaw up not that we can see it but he's eating his bones and he's happy again so yep. yeah and the, and the vet sort of looked at it and she says one and then she does a lot of domestic dogs as well oh, she says, right. one, it's probably the worst case she's ever seen like in you know like a jawbone yep. so um yeah so like she didn't sort of hold much hope that he was going to race again but uh yeah he's come back terrific so. yeah nice i bet um shawnee cahill from tavardi will be wrapped to hear that because you know it's just like I interviewed him, oh, this has gone back probably two two or three months ago now. It was before McCulley's lad come back and, you know, I sort of hold my breath every time he races thinking, oh, God, I hope his leg holds up. But, you know, he said to me, he said, I'm telling you, this stuff is just, you know, he said, I'm not just saying it because I, you know, obviously market it, but he said it's incredible stuff. And I just keep hearing, I get more and more stories every day and yours is just another one about how, you know, potentially it's turned a dog who, you know, would have been retired now, possibly, back onto the track. So, yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, now, you guys, yourself and, and your wife, Crystal, been having a, a terrific run, you know, of late. You, you've you strung four straight together, um, you know, winning at Mandra and then, you know, a double at Kennington and then you got the double the other night at Mandra. What's your secret? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're only a very small kennel. We don't have any more than 12 in work, so we always sort of pride ourselves on quality, sort of not quantity. And, yep. um, look, we put a lot of time and effort into the dogs, so they're all treated individually. And, um, yeah, so, look, um, we've been pretty lucky. I think we've won the strike rate over here for the last two years as trainers with the best percentage sort of thing. So, um, yeah, it's not, not the be-all and end-all, but we just sort of tend to place the dogs right and have the yep. right dogs and... Um, yeah, look, it's just, it's about keeping them happy, I think. And, and where we live now, up in Jaredale, here we're in the bush. It's it's beautiful. We still do a bit of old school. We walk them through the bush and and just basically keep them happy. See a lot of dogs that have sort of been in some bigger kennels and that, and they sort of have the same routine day in day out. We sort yeah. of swap them around a little bit, so yeah. it sort of keeps them a different perspective on their their training and. Um, 
yeah, no, we've been very lucky and I've been sort of very lucky as well. Like Cal Greeno was my mentor back in, in Melbourne, so I learned to check dogs off Cal, which is oh, invaluable nice. in this day and yep. age. So yep. I probably do 90% of the checking myself, which is, um, as you know, it's uh, very hard to find good checkers yes. these days. So, yeah, so that's, that's a big um, big plus for us as well. And, um, yeah, and I think they're just happy in their environment out here as well. Yep. I um yeah I just wanted to go back what you said about them you know being treated as um individuals because you know you you hear some you know you hear sometimes people say oh you know I do this this and this with them and I say oh do you do that with all of them yeah yeah, yeah. but then you know I hear them like the successful trainers like you know I know Anthony as a party is really big on it he said you've got to treat every dog different he said each of them have a different routine you know different work rate all that sort of thing and and uh yeah like i think it's really important because it's just like human athletes like not everybody is a hundred meter sprinter and not everyone can run 400 and etc so you know it's good advice i think for any you know potential trainer coming through that it's not a, a one-size-fits-all type thing no definitely and look i mean we've got our own straight track here and um we've sort of done something a little bit different now and now they've done the j-curve track in Terrelgan and we've yeah. sort of done probably we've done a bit of a reverse one here probably a bit through necessity because i wanted to make the track a bit longer but we put a nice big bend in and then we've got a beautiful uphill run at the end so um some some dogs at the start don't really want to come up and then you've got to know <laughs> which dog which dog that um can go with someone else to make them chase harder and um and get how much head start you've got to give other dogs and and yeah they're, they're all got their own little funny little quirks that they do so you just yeah. got to work them out and uh, and give them that individual attention some love coming up by themselves and um, um, yeah, so and it's just just changing things around. Like we we change our walks around to different places, and they spark up as much as we do. We see something different. There might be a kangaroo go bouncing by, or <laughs> or something, and uh, the heads are in the air, and yeah, they, they just love it. And uh, yeah, they're, they're funny too because sometimes we can't take them all, so a couple have got to go on the walker, and uh, you see the looks on their faces like, oh, it's not my turn today, is it? And it's like, <laughs> But when you have to, yeah, when you force yourself to get on a treadmill, you think, oh, this sucks. Yeah, exactly. And they, they get the same look on there. I mean, it's funny because it, I usually put them on at night sometimes for 10 or 12 minutes, the ones that are um, a bit hypo. So yep. they enjoy that but they because they know they're not missing out on anything. But if they miss out on a walk in the morning, oh, they get salty, some of them, I tell you. <laughs> now tell me, um, take me back to the start and tell me how you got – how you got involved with with dogs and you know was training training them always a goal for you um i sort of fell into well not fell into it but i think i was about 15 at the time and um my mum used to be a um female jockey country jockey when oh, she grew wow. up so she grew up grow up in the in the racing industry but um i mean she was only like a part-time one but uh, yep. anyway um it came to i think it was 1986 and atalac was running in the melbourne cup for the horses and we used to put our two dollars on each year and um being a young bloke i'd sort of saved up a bit of money and i had a hundred dollars and i said to mum i want to have a hundred dollars on atalac <laughs> and um she goes i'm not putting that money on for you it's, gambling's bad and um, <laughs> cut a long story short I um, I said all right if you don't put it on I'll get someone else to put it on for me and um, so she put it on and it won at eight to one well a 15 year old kid back then with eight hundred dollars oh in his my pocket, god was, it was like how good this so yeah how I easy is this <laughs> Yeah, how easy is this? And I think within a week I'd knocked about 200 of it off and I thought, well, this is not real smart, is it? And uh, I was playing football at the time and um, one of my um, 
uh, teammates that used to play footy with his dad used to train dogs. So I thought, oh, I'll ask if I can go to the dogs with him one night. So, yeah, one night led into um, every Saturday night. We used to go to Cranbourne and mum would drop me off there and um, pestered her for ages to get a dog. And she goes, oh, it's a bad sport and rah, rah, rah. Because back then you only ever used to hear bad publicity. Yeah, that's the only that's thing right. they'd write about. And yeah. um, he ensured us that it's probably 1% of the... The uh, community of dogs, unfortunately, and he said, um, "He said, look, come round and have a look." And Mum did, and then she let me get a get a greyhound, um, probably about eighteen months later. And she said, "Oh, this will be like all your other hobbies. It'll probably last five minutes and it'll be <laughs> over with." Well, <laughs> probably me being a bit stubborn, probably not not say that, but I said probably uh, very determined to prove her wrong. But nah, look, it's a great lifestyle as well, and. Um, yeah, we've sort of been very lucky, I suppose, over the years. We've had some really good dogs and and that through the time. So, um, yeah, and I, I sort of probably like most people started off just training a few and then um, I was a cabinet maker by trade and um, yep. then um, my first boss um, went bankrupt so we had to find another employer and then uh, got another apprenticeship and then he died, unfortunately. So I thought, gee, I'm not going too well here. And uh, <laughs> so we... Went and did some other other jobs around, and always had the dog still. And um, yep. yeah, and then sort of in mid twenties, um, oh, I got sort of OB, we bred Obehave um, through Cal's um, advice. Oh, and, um, lovely! Yeah, yep. so yeah, she was a great little dog. Amazing. Won five group races and held. Yeah. She held the track record at the Meadows for nine years, I think, over the six hundred. So yep. thirty four oh nine. So she was a great little dog and. Before that, we had a real good little dog that was a nightmare that used to only come out of the boxes every night again called Boulder Silver, a bit before your time. But people in Sydney will remember him. He won the um, Christmas gift up there. He was a he used to come out three or four behind him and um, yeah, and he'd just round them up and, and win. He was an exciting dog, but you'd have to have a couple of stiff scotches before a race or two because <laughs> <laughs> so a few times during his career he didn't come out at all. But, um, no, nah, so we had them and... Um, yeah, then uh, probably seven or eight years ago, um, yeah, decided to come to Perth. And, um, yeah, I actually met Crystal on a holiday just before I was coming to Perth. Um, that was sort of my last holiday before I came over here and set up kennels over here. And, um, yeah, we've been very, uh, very lucky since we got here. So Yeah, nice. So Crystal doesn't come from a, a racing background at all? No, definitely not. No, she's a, she's an ER nurse, and um, yeah, she was she was in America, but we're actually in Bali. Um, first ever overseas trip I went on. She was backpacking from uh, from America and um, and travelling around everywhere. And it was funny. She just said to her mum, she goes, "I'll still be single by the time I'm 40. And she was just <laughs> gone over there to be uh, uh, turned thirty on, on a trip, and. Um, yeah, and then we were coming over here and I thought I was just going to put my head down and get stuck into the dogs and there was yep. plenty of nice-looking girls over here in, in Perth. <laughs> I thought, this will be all right. And uh, on a fateful night, we met in a, in a bar in uh, an old espresso bar in America, uh, in Bali, and, um, yeah, and I... Um, Anyway, she was that excited to just meet some decent people, she was saying, because she used to get try and, all the young blokes would try and pick her up all the time yeah. and give false names and whatever. And oh, no. Sat, <laughs> yeah, sat, sat down and uh, we had a drink together and um, the rest is history, as they say. And, yeah, nice. Um, yeah, so she went back there and then I moved over here and then she came over and spent um, a couple of months here and after the couple of months, yeah, she moved out here for good and then yeah, yeah. we got married seven um, seven years ago, so yeah. Yeah, so. nice. And does she like? Does she enjoy, um, you know, watching them and being involved with them and that sort of thing? 
Oh, definitely, yeah. She loves the, the puppy side of it, whelping them yeah. down and, um, yeah. yeah, and rearing them up. And, um, yeah, she loves watching them watching them race. She usually ducks out between a shift sometimes if we've got some in and she's still on <laughs> We still all on do that. Shift. Yeah, definitely. And, um, no, she gets she gets a big thrill out of it. And, um, yeah, she just, she's an animal person as well. And yeah. um, she bought her little dog all the way from America. She's a little multi-poo and um, she's... Um, her little child and she she lives in the house with us and, and yeah no she's just um great and and look she's given me a lot of different things um over the years on um her perspective on training dogs which you probably don't learn from from trainers and that which has been invaluable for me as well yep. so yep yeah just and, sort of like a fresh set of eyes look looking in on what you're doing is all you know can always be helpful Definitely, and yeah, she's very good at the medical side of things and that, yep. and picking things up, and um, some things that the vets don't even come up with. So yeah, yeah it's, it's it's invaluable there as well. So, yeah, definitely, no, it's really good. So, do you guys breed and, and rear? Um, do you break in your own as well? Yeah, um, no, I did all that back in Melbourne, and then when I moved over here, we sort of didn't have the the property to do it, but we've just. Uh, purchased the seven acres out of Jaredale now and we've set that up and we're probably just going to have one or two litters a year but we've yep. just bought some um, really nice spread um, bitches to breed on with a little amplified and a, another little bitch out of um, Bombastic Shiraz and um, Sweeted Isline oh, so nice. we bought them yep. yeah together and um, I've got a real nice litter coming through um, their Aussie infrareds out of Miss America and Miss America's um, she's probably the last of my line out of Overhave so yep. um, yeah the about the fourth generation after her so she won about 15 and i think a brother won about 24 races a dog called yup that we had over here so they were just yeah real good genuine little chases and hard chases so yeah, yeah nice. so, it's been, um, so that that'll that'll keep us pretty busy <laughs> mickey brand will love that aussie infrared plug for sure so <laughs> yeah, appreciate no, putting in there but they're flying i mean they're absolutely flying his pups so you know you can't argue with um with people taking good bitches to him no, no. Well, when Catch a Thief came over, we're lucky enough. Matty sent him over to us, and he he won the Derby and the the race afterwards. And he was just a beautiful natured dog. And uh, yeah, I sort of got a bit carried away and thought, geez, I'll have to use this dog. And then I was speaking to um, Johnny Brash, and he said, that, "Oh, David, sorry." And um, he said. Um, Look, that lines up really well with your bitch, and um, and I thought, right, okay, because uh, I'd already picked out another sire at the time, and uh, look, I couldn't be happier with them. They're twelve months old at the moment, and um, anything that moves, they want to chase, and um, yep, yeah, so they're, and they're stunning-looking dogs too. They're probably 33, 34 kilos, and we're lucky enough to get um, seven dogs and a bitch, so we're um, oh, very wow. lucky. So, yeah. <laughs> that's so, a, that's um, called winning the jackpot. That is. <laughs> You're not wrong, no. So uh, we're we're really excited to look forward to them in the next uh, next six months. So yeah, definitely. And just going back to what you were saying, you know, obviously you learn a lot of stuff off Kel Greeno. Like when I talk to trainers, they you know they reiterate the importance of having good mentors and asking a lot of questions and you know because obviously we all know you never stop learning. You think you know everything and you don't. So. You know, can you tell me a little bit about some of the key things that Kel taught you um, in your time with him? And I suppose you, you're still learning off him now. Oh, definitely. No, look, if I have run into any problems, always just a phone call away. And I was sort of lucky I had Cal and I had a, a legendary trainer called Phil Newman as well, who um, had some real super dogs um, 
probably 15 years ago he was he sort of gave me a different view on training as well and we used to run the dogs up at his place and um no it was awesome but um no look cal's cal's been invaluable for me i, I think patience is probably one of the uh, the biggest things he taught me um yeah. he said it's probably one of the things that's the cheapest things in dogs but very rarely used <laughs> that's right. and um yeah and i mean that just always rings in my head and um i suppose uh, one of the other things is uh, keep yourself in the best company and your dog's in the worst and uh, you'll do all right i think so yeah. that's that's a um, good pointer and um yeah and just just keep the dogs happy i think that's that's the key to it. give them plenty of love and attention and um they'll perform for you then like um yeah look if we get a dog here and it, it keeps doing naughty things and you're telling it off all the time they sort of sense i think that you get frustrated with them and they probably don't perform as well so yeah 100%. Um, yeah so yeah. yeah so we sort of create a happy environment and um all our dogs go out together which are probably a lot of people would probably freak out like oh how do they all aren't they going to fight or misbehave and they'll go <laughs> out with their muzzles on and that but um they all get on terrific the dogs and they all get their own individual pats and brush downs and yep. wipes and they all know their turn and um yeah it's um sort of when we bring a new dog into the kennel it's sort of we've got to be a little bit careful we have individual yards where we can put them one side and the other and just sort of let them mingle through the fence a bit and if they look like they're going to get along all right we let them in and within a couple of days it's like oh yeah you're one of the crew now you're right so yeah 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 but it's uh no terrific no that's awesome oh look well thank you so much that's an amazing insight you know that you've basically gone from you know being a sort of like an understudy to now just killing it over in wa and you know wa is flying at the moment like the prize money is just phenomenal you get prize money for fourth place and you know even the maidens some of them are worth three grand and you think my god (laughs) Yeah, that's amazing. And look, and our breeding scheme here is terrific. I mean, you can win a maiden and you get another $1,500 bonus on top yeah. of that. So it ends up like a $4,500 race. So some of their features, we need to lift the prize up a bit. But um, yeah, I, I presume that'll happen now with all the other races around the country going up. Um, yeah, hopefully they'll, we've got the Mandra Cup tonight. And I think it's still 25. It hasn't moved for the last seven years, I don't <laughs> think so. <laughs> they need to lift their game a little bit there. And we've got a couple in there. And gee, there's some tough eats there tonight. There but, um, is, we've yes. Got, we've got some good quality dogs over here. I mean, it's not like when I first moved here, you could sort of buy a ten or $12,000 dog and be very competitive over here. But now the standards, like some of the top dogs, as you know, Tommy Shelby and um, yeah. a lot of the ones just below him are competitive anywhere around Australia. So, yeah. and but um, as you said, you're racing for such good money. I think that's where the standards now uh, lifted a bit. So, and a lot of people breeding over here too with better quality stock, I think's improved it as well. Yeah, for sure. Well, you know, like you ask somebody five, five, six years ago, and you go, "Oh, name a dog, good dog from Western Australia." They go, "Um." Whereas now, yeah, you can just rattle them off. Obviously, you know, Tommy would be number one at the moment, but you could just rattle off so many, and it's um, yeah, like you said, it's because of the breeding incentive. I know lots of people that are either over there now or thinking about moving over there. Um, and yeah, no, it's just going from strength to strength. But look, thank you so much for your time. Best of luck tonight to you and Crystal moving forward. And um, yeah, hopefully, um, hopefully there'll be some um, inspired trainers after this to get out and um, start getting some winners. Definitely, and get some more young people into the That's sport. That's right, hundred <laughs> percent. You've been listening to the Greyhound Girl podcasts with Dimity Ma, proudly brought to you by Greyhound Performance Products. You can find them on Facebook or their website, greyhoundpp.com.au.